Picture this with me. You walk into your staff lounge at work. There's a sign on the bulletin board. It says, look below and meet the person who can change your life. So you look down and underneath this poster is a big mirror. That's who is responsible for changing your life. Or you can take your phone and take a selfie and look. That person, I am, you are the one in charge of changing your life. So this is about choices and consequences. It's January 1st, supposed big resolution day. So here we go. Choices and consequences. Joshua 24. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. Psalm 25, 12. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. He helps us with our choosing. Proverbs 3.31, do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. There's consequences. Proverbs 8.10, choose my instruction instead of silver. Choose knowledge rather than choice, gold. Choice and consequences. Proverbs 12.26, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. We got to be careful how we choose everything. Jesus said the wise person builds their life on what? His words, the words of Scripture. Adam and Eve chose to follow the words of God, or they could follow the words of the tempter, Satan, and they chose to follow the tempter. So today we're going to look at a few scriptures to talk about choice and consequences. A good little topic for January 1st. Listen to Jesus. Decisions are connected to listening to Jesus. Now, not all decisions are life-altering, but we need to listen to Jesus, especially for the big ones. God gives us freedom to choose our course in life, our attitudes, our actions, our consequences, and from that come results, outcomes. Each choice carries certain consequences, good and bad. This ability to choose is an, is an incredible and exciting power that we have been given, entrusted with by our Creator. And choices compound. That initial decision can send you off in a certain direction with different choices. And many decisions interact with other people's choices and actions. So these decisions you and I, might, you and I make create a ripple effect for spouses, families, teams, business units, organizations, communities, provinces, nations, and even the world at large. We live in a perplexing world with so many choices. We want to make decisions with confidence and live in peace with those decisions. Is this possible? We want to choose well. We want to do what is right and to act in wisdom, love, truth, and justice. But if you're a bit like me, we can get paralyzed and get passive as we wait for direction. But we all crave wisdom, particularly God's wisdom in the greater issues of our lives. We do not want to do what is right in our own mind. So we talk through decisions with friends, colleagues, family, parents. It's not wise to go it alone when it comes to decision making. We want to make good, sound decisions. And we want to please God with our life. We want to know His mind on the things that are going on in our life. In the Old Testament, God led by the law. But now in the New Covenant, He leads by the Spirit. <laughs> he leads by His written word to us. And we hear and we think and we ask for wisdom and discernment and we get it through the Scriptures. Matthew 7, 24 to 27 is that story that I kind of mentioned already about the, the house being built on the rock. Whoever hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
the rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew, yet that house did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. If you do not put these words of mine into practice, you are like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew, and the house fell with a great crash. Jesus is telling us, choose to be a wise builder. This is God's will for your life. And he will let you choose to be a foolish builder or a wise builder. So we look at verses like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it gives the picture of a path to walk on, step by step by step by step. And it says, trust in the Lord. Trust in his words and his direction. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't only trust yourself. And as you do this, he will make your path straight. If you trust God with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, you will not go outside the bounds of God's will. You will stay on the path. He will make your track right and sound because you are living your life in accordance with his revealed words in Scripture, choice and consequences. We need wisdom, and there are no shortcuts to wisdom. We can see as we, as we read what Jesus said that he had Proverbs saturated in his mind. And he knew the Proverbs inside out. Proverbs talk about the long road or the long path. The house that will last through storms is the one that has my words as the foundation. What a claim. <laughs> what a claim. He says, think about the future. Think about the ripple effect. Think about what God says and know you are accountable to God one day with the kind of life you lived on this road. The road of wisdom or the road of folly. A foolish foundation or a wise foundation. Jesus says the fool built his house on the sand. So as we start the new year, we're going after well-built houses on rocks. To hear and to do his word is to build your life on the rock. He says, I am the foundation for your life. This is God's will. Only God can say that. Jesus is the voice of wisdom. Hebrews 1, 1-3 says this, God speaks to us through Jesus. In the past, he spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. So God speaks to us through Jesus. And Jesus says in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. You know, God cannot reveal more than our human brain can understand. His revelation then comes through human minds and hearts with human language. The prophets had to use human methods to transmit their own part of the truth of God. With Jesus, he didn't just transmit with words though. He revealed God by just being who he was. His words, his actions show us what God is like. It says in Hebrews there that he is the exact representation. We looked at that last week on Christmas Day about the deity of Christ. He's God. We're to listen to this person. We're to listen to his words and follow his actions. Every decision we make has a consequence. And that's why God says to think wisely, decide wisely, act wisely. This is why we have so many warnings about not being wise. And so many sections of scripture are there to help us act wisely. The words of Jesus give us perspective on things and they encourage us to choose the right course of action. That's why we need to read the scriptures, study the scriptures, meditate on the scriptures. We are to be led by intelligent and reasonable communication, not by blind impulse or force or signs. So we're led by Jesus. The wise person listens to and is guided by the words of Jesus. So we're to follow this path of wisdom 
that Jesus lays out for us. Proverbs uses three different words to describe life. Where there's a way, there's a path, there's a road. They imply a point of origin, a destination, and key transitional moments in between, or forks in the road. These are warnings of the crooked and dark path, where danger lurks with ambushes, traps, and snares that can pollute and even destroy a person's walk on the proper path of life. We talked about this in our fall series. These are enemies of the soul. The book of Proverbs especially recognizes a myriad of ways that a person can become wise. Observation, experience, instruction, learning from mistakes, and most importantly, fearing the Lord, which means respecting and listening as the one who knows. Like Isaiah tells us, do you not know? Have you not heard who the Lord is? Listen up. The book of Proverbs presupposes that everyone, every human being, makes mistakes and bad choices along the way. That is why we have the book. <laughs> we would not have to have an instruction manual for a computer if it came naturally. So we need an instruction manual, manual how to live. It's complex. It's complex. We need help. So this is our first idea of trusting God and not our own understanding. Give it to him. Go to him. The wise person learns from mistakes and problems, and the fool refuses to change behavior. These are all in the Proverbs. The wise person loves discipline and correction, and they're humble and teachable and correctable. Proverbs 12.1, to learn you must love discipline. It's stupid to hate correction. 10.17, people who accept discipline are on the pathway, there's that path word, to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray, off path. You know, one single mistake at the beginning can take you in a totally wrong direction. This first step is obviously important. The foundation's important. And Jesus says, I'm your foundation. I'm your first step. How do I know if I'm on the path of wisdom? Well, let's look at three things uh, the Bible talks about that can be indicators for wisdom. Number one is, what do you do with your mouth? Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. These are in the Proverbs. James tells us in chapter 3, 2 to 12, that the tongue can give a picture of the heart. It's like an ultrasound of your heart, a CAT scan or MIR of your heart. The words you say will reveal your heart, will reveal the path you're on. It's a picture of your heart. The heart shows itself in our words. What comes out of your mouth? What would people say comes out of your mouth? It's a sign of wisdom or foolishness, whatever comes out of your mouth. Think on this for a few minutes. <laughs> Number two, an indicator of wisdom is your eyes. Proverbs 4.25 says, keep your eyes straight ahead. You're on the path. Ignore all sideshow distractions, the way Eugene Peterson says it in the message. Ecclesiastes 2.10.11 says, this is Solomon, rich, rich man. I denied myself nothing that my eyes wanted. I refused my heart new pleasure. He went what after his eyes saw. So where do our eyes wander? What do our eyes covet? And out of this, what we see out there comes bitterness, jealousy, revenge, comparing, doubt, lust, adultery, sexual immorality, greed. That's what happens. We wish we were someone else. We, lift, we wish we lived someone, somewhere else. Our eyes will show us if we're on the right path of wisdom or foolishness. And the third one is our feet. I'll let you know what's going on with wisdom. Psalm 1.1, do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Proverbs 4.26 and 27, it says, watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither left nor right. 
leave evil in the dust. So this picture is throughout the Bible, following Jesus, walking as he walked. It's a way of life. Be careful, be careful, be careful. What road are you on? Are you progressing toward becoming like Jesus? Wisdom. Have you taken a detour to taste a bit of the world? The mouth speaks what the heart thinks. The eyes look at what the heart covets, and the feet go where the heart directs. These will tell you if you're going in the way of wisdom. Great verse in James chapter 1, 16 to 18. Every good and perfect gift is from above. He does not change like shifting shadows. Only good and perfect things come to us from God. That's who we go to for this gift of wisdom. Our life can be under the control of the Lord, and this is our choice. He does not work so much in bringing trials to our life, but working out his will for us toward Christ's likeness. And in this, we need wisdom. So God expects us to participate, to practice, to use our will and our effort to accomplish his will for us. It's, a, it's synergy there. He wants us to use our God-designed, image-bearing character to do what he wants us to do. He has come to give us life and to give it to the full. Ephesians 2.10 says, you and I are his workmanship. He's at work in us to will and to do his good pleasure. God is at work in us. We live in all of his energy. We are to fight the good fight. We are to press toward the goal of Christ Jesus. And these are choices. And when we do this, we will continue to be made into the image of Christ. His will will become your will. That's what it means for him to be sovereign. We talked about that over Advent. He wants to be in charge of your present and your future to help you, help me make right decisions based on what he knows of us, our gifts and our abilities. And it's for our good. It's for our good. He is for us, not against us. Jesus said in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. So where is his kingdom? It's here. He wants to be our king. He works on the inside. He says, whatever comes your way, I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Stay on my path of wisdom. Beautiful section here in John chapter 15, verse 5. Verse 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine. You're those branches connected to the vine. Stay connected to me, abide in me, and you will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Wisdom is one of those fruits. Wisdom moves us through the situations and occurrences in life. Sin no longer captures us, and the Holy Spirit produces his fruit in us. So as we start this new year, this is what we need to do. Know that his mercies are new every morning. He wants you to stay on the right path. And we cooperate with him in choosing today who we will serve. Let's continue to serve Jesus. Let's encourage each other to stay on that right path. Let us meditate on his scriptures and they will guide us and direct us. They will be a lamp to our feet. They will show us what to look at. They will show us what to say and to be like Jesus in this world. Amen.